Okay, fun. Start. Go. Woo! What do I... I don't remember how to start a show. Well, you just started the show. Okay. This is The Universe, episode 19, reaching for my marshmallow mateys, on Saturday, February 17th, 2013. And now, with more literally, this episode of The Universe is hosted by Sam Eberts with co-host Ryan Rampersad and guest Matthew Petchel. Ah, it's been a long time. Indeed it has. It has been about a month and a half. I would pull up Wolfram and actually count the number of seconds like I did the last time I did this, but that's that's a lot of work. Okay. I'm not doing well, that. thanks for not doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's been, uh, it's been a month and a half since the last show, and it has been... This is the first show since the one-year anniversary of starting the universe. It's pretty cool. It was on February 4th. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's cool pretty stuff. good. That was, how was uh, your winter semester? Is that what you call it? No, spring, spring semester, semester. That's what they call it. Yes. Uh, it's pretty good. What classes do you have? Uh, well, I'm in intro to software design with you. Nah, is it really called intro? I thought it was just software development. Okay, whatever. Software development. Feels like intro. It's kind of stupid so far. Uh, and then I'm taking 4061, which is Intro to Operating Systems. And what are you doing that? Uh, well, so far we've done some Bash and we've done some Make files. Um, so do you, do you make an operating system? I have no idea. Okay, because if, if you do, that sounds hard. Uh, I think it's more like how to... Uh, understanding sort of how operating systems work so that you can better write programs to work on a kernel well. Okay. I think. I don't really That's fair enough. Um, Yeah. And then I'm taking 4011, which is formal languages and automata theory. So that's pretty cool. Learning some stuff. I mean, so far we've done regular languages and deterministic finite automata. Uh, We just did like some context-free grammars and push down automata, which is interesting stuff. I enjoy that. Mathy, computer science things. I say I, I wouldn't enjoy that. I don't like math. And computer science in the same place. Mm-hmm. Like, they need to be kept as far apart as possible. Yes. Well, I, I, good luck I, with that. Yeah, you know, I, I found that out. It's annoying. Yep. So, I've been doing that, and then I'm taking an uh, anthropology course, which is really interesting. I enjoy anthropology. I've never taken an anthropology course before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first one I've taken. Although, this is the same course and the same professor, which I, who whose course, this course, I sat in on. Um, last year in spring semester. I think you mentioned that. And I think I talked about it on the show. Oh, that's uh, funny. Yeah. And so I, I was uh, I was thinking about taking one in fall semester. And so I went and I sat in on this professor's lecture a couple times. It's really interesting. And he's a great, great professor, good lecturer. Who is um, it? No can't idea. remember his okay, name. Um, I have trouble remembering my professor's name. I don't blame you. I don't, I don't even know. I, I now recall my 4061 professor's name, though. His name is Anand Tripathi. Wow. Because I couldn't remember it. And then somebody said it. I was like, oh, that's it. So, What's yeah. his first name? Anand. Huh. So there's a guy called Anand Tech. Uh, I mean, it's, the name isn't Tech, but he runs Anand Tech, and he does uh, all sorts of uh, great hardware reviews. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I doubt it, un- It's unlikely. It's probably <laughs> yeah. his last name, but that's cool, though. Yeah. Um, and I'm, so I'm pretty excited about that class, uh, and it's been motivating me to sort of... I've been paying attention to some other, like, current events in anthropology, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy... So what do you do in anthropology? Yes. Anthropology? Yeah. Yes. So what do you, what do, you do in so that class? Anthropology is sort of broadly the study of people. So there is cultural anthropology, which is the study of, the, you know, culture. I would be very bad stuff. at this. There's, uh, current, there, and then so there's like modern anthropology, which is the study of current do they, peoples do they have and like cultures. Technology and anthropology? Yeah. Okay. There's I all kinds of, anthropology is like the study of human 
and human stuff. It's a very broad thing, but sort of it's more generally, I think it's more like the study of the evolution of humans mm-hmm. and stuff. And so my class is specifically the, or not the evolution of humans, but human culture, I guess. Evolution of human, I don't know. But my, my class is the rise of civilization. And so we do like case studies on certain archaeological sites and stuff and talk about how the evidence found there provides evidence for us to infer sort of like what early like Paleolithic and the Neolithic and mm-hmm. early cultures were like and stuff like that. So it's pretty interesting. And then I've been, like I said, I've been motivated to follow sort of current events and big thing happened recently with Jared Diamond releasing on, he's a, like a controversial guy. He has controversial ideas. So he, he published another book recently. And so there's been a lot of talk about that. So it's been interesting to follow that. It's been one of, probably one of my favorite classes so far this semester. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how one of your favorite classes isn't one of your, you know, major classes. Well, 4061 is really good too, actually. Okay. I like that. Um, and 411 is, I mean, it's good. You know which one isn't like good? good? Yeah. Yeah. The one I'm in with you. Yeah. With you. That makes it sound terrible to see now, but that's funny. Yeah. Um, well, what about what about your uh, English class? Oh, yeah. And so I'm taking Shakespeare, too, which is, I mean, I don't know. I like, uh, what was that? I don't know. I didn't hear anything. Okay. Well, I like Shakespeare, and I like reading his plays. And the class is pretty good. There's some pretty good long stuff class, that goes on. It? Yeah, so it's like a two-and-a-half-hour class. Man, that must be once tough. a week, though. Um, like I can barely sit through my half. Not, it's hour not writing intensive though, which is great. I'm glad that it's not writing intensive. Man, that would um, suck even more. But it's just yeah. So we read like a play a week and then perform short scenes and then yeah. talk about it in class. Yeah, that's what we're doing. It's kind of interesting too. and it motivates me to read. I've read some a lot of the plays already, mm-hmm. and this motivates me to re- read them again. And which is good. We read a Midsummer Night's Dream a couple of weeks ago, which is my favorite, probably that and the Tempest. So and then I I also have to read ones that I wouldn't normally read, right. which is probably good too. Oh, it's good. Yeah, so my classes this semester are kind of uh, similar. We have two overlapping classes, so we're not in the same Shakespeare class, but we're in Shakespeare. Like, we're in the same class, it's just not at the same time. Uh, to me, times are classes. Okay. Yeah. And so it, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I'm not really a fan of Shakespeare in general, so I mean, I, I don't know. Just the whole medium of plays is kind of odd to me. Yes. But... Well, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I would prefer to study like the composition of movies or something. Because I, I just, I don't see the world in plays. I see the world in movies. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so then I'm also taking a uh, moral reasoning and ethics class. So it's kind of like your study of people, but we're studying how people suck and why they have no moral reasoning and no ethics. This is kind of fun. Cool. Um, Sounds so we, like fun. Yeah. So, I saw you tweeted something from that class the other day. I did. Your moral ethics professor saying something oh, very unethical. Yeah, he does that. He's really he's he's really funny because he um like in the on the first day you know how all the you know teachers have to tell you not to cheat, not to do things, oh, right. not to plagiarize, and it's like why would you ever do that in an ethics class? And that's just like yeah, you're, that's pretty funny. Um. It's a pretty good class. We so so far we're just doing advertising. Uh, our next unit is kind of like uh, public relations. So for advertising, we get to watch all sorts of ads and say why we think they're unethical and you know all sorts of stuff. Cool. So it's a lot Sounds of fun. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Uh, the other classes I'm in are less fun. I'm in um, 3081, which is the software and development class, which is where you're in also. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk more about it at length in the future. How about yes. that? Okay. I don't. I don't want to talk about bad things. Um, I'm in a class that you were in last semester, which is data algorithms and structures or something. I think that's what they call it, right? Da- oh. Data structures and algorithms? Yeah, and words. Like and algorithms and order. data structures? Yeah, that one. 4041. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the number. 
Um, it's, so my professor isn't as good as your professor, from what I understand. I have Professor Mockbell. Indian, Indian name Mockbell. Oh, okay. I, I'm not sure. Um, and so the, the so in your class, what was your homework like? Did you get like homework every week or every other yeah, week? Yeah, we had homework every week. Okay. Once so, a week, due on Wednesday. Okay. So that's what a normal class is. So my professor only gives us like maybe two or three homeworks the whole semester, but there's just like 50 problems. Jeez. Yeah. It's like due three weeks from now, but it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, and the other class I'm taking, which is what? What is the other class I'm taking? I don't I even don't know. I don't know. I don't either. Well, I'll find out when I go to it. You're taking five? Four. Then you've covered all of them. Really? Shakespeare, oh, yeah, Moral Ethics, right. 46, wow, see, I, I have, I have such a full schedule, I don't even know what I do. Right. So, like, running the show is, like, you know, just, like, the fifth class. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Better be worth the credit. Producer. Yeah. <laughs> right. See? That's great. Um, I like you changed it back, though. Yeah, I well, Good job. Got my guest back. So anyway, um, yeah, that's school for me. Not not very exciting. Yeah. But I'm glad to have a semester that was much less work than last semester. For me anyway. Yeah. Yeah, same, kind of same here. Like, I had more writing intensive last semester. Yeah, like I had to do a lot more math last semester and I don't like doing that. Like thinking things. Yes. I know that. It turns out. And it's like, like I think it's a pattern. Like my spring semesters are just generally later than my fall semesters. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if that's true in general. Like, I think I just classes. do that on purpose. Oh, that could be. You like you get back to school and you fall and you're like I can take all these classes and it won't be a big deal and then you realize oh, oh that's gosh sucked. that's so so much then in work. spring you take easier classes yeah I think that I think that's what I do actually yeah but as I mentioned we 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 have a guest today hello guest hello how are you quite Doing well quite, quite well uh, that's pretty good yeah so introduce yourself it's, I think I think it's been a while since <clears throat> you've been on the show uh yeah it's it's been a while since what was it last month. No, New Year's. Oh, yeah, New I guess Year's you show. were on the... <laughs> I was on the New okay. Year's show. So I was yeah. on the last episode of the show. So I'm a recurring guest. You, did, you don't mean the last episode of the show. You mean just the previous episode of the show. No, no, it was the last episode oh, of okay. that year. Yeah, of that year. Yeah, yeah. You, you, It was really true. I think you were the last actual show non-special. Yeah, it was great because yeah. I messed with the end. You really messed with the end. That was hilarious. Yeah. And I was a part of it. It made me feel warm in the heart. Yeah. Cool. How's your school going? Um... It's been going pretty good. I'm uh, self-learning, studying many things. Okay. What are you studying for? Aren't you uh, preparing to take some tests? I'm t- preparing to take um, the CCNA exam, sponsored by the Cisco. What it is a CCNA? It's a Cisco Certified Networking Associate. Wow, it sounds yeah. official. It, it is very official. It's very prestigious and uh, very, very costly to get. Yeah, I heard about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, if you if you get that, what what, what happens? If I get that... Then I have to go get another one. Oh. Yes. Well, okay. I, I, I thought you were doing two at once. Oh, oh, you you are The Linux administration is different. Oh, okay. Right. The Linux, yeah. But you're, aren't you doing like a two levels of, of CCNA or something at once? I'm skipping a level. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm, um, instead of starting at the entry level, I'm starting at the associate level. That's the goal. Nice. You're pretty good. And then um, like if you like pan out I, in the next year, I hope to get um, network professional NP. And because um, they, they, there's a giant tier in pay grade increase. That's good. Um, average MP, like um, the, the, in the year 2012, the average Cisco certified uh, network professional got, what was it, $82,000 a year. Um, so good. I want that because then I can, you know. Do stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, buying an Arduino wouldn't be like a decision. It would just be like, hi, Amazon Prime. <laughs> Snicker, yeah. snicker. Yeah. Click, click. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, so earlier this week, um, my dad wanted this little cargo net for the bottom of his wheelchair, and um, he buys things online, and it's a hassle because he has to enter his credit card information, all those other things. And so he showed me this, and so I googled it on the Amazon Prime, and uh, did like logged in, hit buy, hit go, and it arrived in two days, and he was amazed because I didn't have to enter the credit card information. I would have it story. signed in with Amazon, right? And um, he says that was too creepy. Why is that creepy? That's just how it well, is. Well, he knows why I buy everything now. Because it's easy. Yes. Yeah. It's very easy. And uh, it's very nice. That's true. Yeah, I have to renew my Prime, like, in a month or two, I think. Yeah, is it still, what is it, $47? I think it's just $40. $40. I do at the beginning of every school semester. Oh, okay. Because I started like, with a free in, year in from the U. Yeah. Okay, because I started mine as soon as I got into the U in high school. Oh, in spring. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as soon as I was accepted and I got that EDU address, Prime all the way. I... Yeah, I did at the beginning. I guess I did in the beginning of summer, I guess, not the end of summer. Okay. So, yeah. Prime, prime, prime. Yeah, it's Every very, very prime. nice. Very nice. Yeah, Two-day free shipping. So I, this will be my third year of prime, I think, coming up. Nice. Yeah, I love prime. It's great. Mm-hmm. Makes it too easy to buy things sometimes, though. I, I know. Because remember back in high school, you were always saying, hey, I just got a, my Twitter just told me UPS dropped a package off from prime. Yeah. And I don't remember what it is. I, it happened. I, I was weary. Mm-hmm. Of packages at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, has anybody? So, Matt, you've been studying for your test recently. Yeah. Um, Ryan, what have you been working on recently besides going to school? Oh, you know, besides school and doing the at the Nexus that we do every Friday, approximately at six thirty. You know, <laughs> aside from that, um, so recently this the, the from for the past few months since um at the Nexus fifty that when we close the show or end the show or whatever you call it these days uh since then we've been aware of this dash in our domain name you know that the, that dash yes the dash nexus.tv the very annoying the dash nexus.tv <laughs> whatever the dash nexus i heard the word dash uh, i'm confused i'm getting old anyway so it's, it's that's that shows that it's a problem yeah right so i don't even know if it's a word like Literally or not? Oh, anyway. So we've we've hated the Dash. And so I, I went on this campaign called Defeating the Dash. And so I found out that the domain would expire on um, November 11th, 28th, 2012. And so there's oh, like an 80-day right. period between when it expires and when I could purchase it. Yeah, so it was available on February 11th. And so I was sitting with you in um, the library, as one is to call it, and uh, I bought it there. And uh, we we now have a new domain name, so I'm I'm quite pleased. And so I'm not rolling it out in use yet until we get our new CMS. And so we're also planning that internally. Uh, and we talked about that on our special that that has also been released already. So it's pretty cool. And I have my computer scientist extraordinaire uh, helper here to to help me with that. There's a mini you. Now just you. Oh me? Yeah. I don't know anything. I have literally. You can do math. That's <clears throat> insane. I don't know how. I can code, but that's literally worthless. If you can't do any code in it. What about an algorithm? I got none. Interesting. Uh, who was the one who made some cellular automata? Yeah, so that's what I've been doing recently. I uh, updated my website. No tell, longer tell, looks tell uh, the, terrible. Tell the universe what an a cellular automaton is. So words. a cellular automata is a well, it's essentially. A machine, well, simulated environment where uh, a cell is represented however you want, I guess. It's a, um, it's a block. And it, it evolves sort of step by step based on a certain set of rules that you uh, specify. Um, and so, for example, a 1D cellular automata, which was these 
first popularized by Wolfram. I, you know, isn't Stephen Wolfram? Yeah. Wolfram Alpha, whatever. The Wolfram. Yeah, yeah. the Wolfram. Um, so he came up with this system of rules for 1D cellular automata, which are um, based on uh, sort of like a line. So if you, if you think of a string of binary numbers, um, so ones and zeros, and every one represents a cell that is alive, and every zero represents a cell that is dead or whatever, however you want to think of it. Um, and you have a rule that is uh, says, okay, so this cell and its two neighboring cells, one on each side, determine whether this cell survives to the next round or if it's dead, if it gets born, whatever, however, if it stays alive, if it dies, or if it becomes alive for the next um, sort of step in its evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that rule it can be represented as an 8-bit binary string. 8-bit? Yes. Yeah. Um, because there are three poss- or there are three bits that determine the life of the next of the middle bit of those three for the next step mm-hmm. and you can have obviously then eight different there's zero through seven um represented in decimal of those you know combinations right uh so then you have uh, an eight bit binary string that is the rule for that environment and then you also have a seed usually the rules are represented with a single cell alive as the initial seed because it's e- sort of easier to mm-hmm. see the patterns because when you have random seed it sort of gives you random start. patterns and right. stuff yeah um so i made a little php script initially that printed out um the cellular automata evolution line by line with mm-hmm. little utf light and dark shaded yeah blocks. it's kind of cool actually yeah it was, it was fun to make that mm-hmm. um and so then i continued on to well so at the same time i was sort of teaching myself a little bit html and javascript so that i could a little bit you use canvas that's advanced yeah well so i a little bit I taught myself how to use canvas a little bit Lots. um and i made this little game where you play as a it's not really a game it's a it's a grid and you so play cool. as a square and you use the arrow keys to move around and if you're on uh the rows and columns alternate between red and blue colors um and so if you're on a red row and a red column your square is red if you're on a red row and a blue column your square is purple um blue row blue column your square is blue so something like that and you also built in auto moving yeah and so if you press r it turns on random move um and you press r again and it stops a random move and mm-hmm. you can move your dude around so it's pretty fun to make that i know but i want to i want to get into the corner and so it would do your Oh, I didn't. I didn't put that in. Aww. So I had this great idea to <laughs> to put a little when he got stuck in the corner because it was on random move, and so sometimes he would get the square would get to the corner and he would try and move up or move right. And initially, I just blocked that, so it would wait till the next step to try and take a move in a different direction. Sometimes it spent a long time in the corner because right. he'd be trying to move up or right if it was in the top right corner. Mm-hmm. And so I had an idea to have him, you know, print out a little message if he got stuck that said something yeah um it was so funny too yeah uh and i didn't get around to that but what i did do is make it so that he if he is in a corner he will only move out of the corner um or if he's on an edge he will only move (laughs) away from the edge yeah so the other thing is that uh if you press anything besides r or one of the arrow keys it tells you that you're pressing the wrong button that's (laughs) so funny which was kind of fun to make yeah so uh, and then, so I sort of combined those two recently um, and made a 2D cellular automata, which is what uh, Conway's Game of Life is, if any of you are familiar with that. I also ported the 1D cellular automata from a PHP script that would just 
print out HTML UTF characters mm-hmm. to a, a canvas JS. Which is much better. Thing. It's, yeah. it's really cool. So put the links in the show notes so everybody can look at it. It's really... And it also, it has a random, random seed and random rule and it just steps through it's really generating cool just a new to one each see time. It do stuff. Yeah, it's fun to watch. I, I enjoyed And it was, it was really fun to make too. Um, I was sort of teaching myself JS and PHP and HTML at the same time. So you know what I watched this? You know what I think of? Hmm. I think I'm watching like the hieroglyphics in Journey flashing before me. Oh yeah. And it's like... I could see that. Oh, something's happening. Some of the patterns are really cool, yeah. too. And and it was fun for me, too. I got to learn a lot about um, sort of the theories behind cellular automata and stuff, and I was reading Wikipedia. So you were just yeah, bored so. one day, and you just did this. Yeah, it was fun. That's pretty good. Um, and then I kind of combined those two to make the 2D cellular automata, which, which is have Conway's yet. Game of Life. No, it's not on the website, but it's Darn. working. you got to get it up on the um, website. I can't link to yeah, it. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a link to put in the show notes. Okay. Um, but... So it that was pretty fun. Conway's Game of Life, if you've heard of it, is oh, yeah. a, is a it. specific set of rules. It's not mine is a bin- another um, binary string rule system where it's based on the adjacent neighbors. So there's the neighbor on a, on a 2D grid. There's the neighbor above the current cell to the right, underneath, and then to the left. Um, and Conway's Game of Life is similar where it's based on the nearest neighbors, but it's also um, not a binary determination system it's a well it sort of is but it's a instead of saying okay so these conditions have to be set aside for this cell to stay alive it's at least these so it's like at least two neighboring cells have to be alive for this cell to stay alive something like that um versus mine where you know sometimes one neighboring cell can be alive and it'll stay alive but it has to be in a certain position or something like that so it's a little different i'm i plan on making a conversation you know, life Mm-hmm. eventually i love conway's game of life yeah it's very cool and if yeah. you google search conway's game of life which uh you should put that in the show notes because it's really I cool i will google starts doing a, a little animation on the background of the search page it's fun and you can pause it and stuff and it uh, it actually says google in the top right that was my favorite thing a little easter egg um they managed to find the initial setup that would just constantly spell out google in the top right so it's really cool because you have to be very specific so i, I can't yeah actually... so um i think you do capital c Oh, yeah. There you yeah, go. so you need a capital oh, I'll C. I'll put the link in there. Right, I'll put the link in the pages. And so it, it starts out and it slowly spells Google with the oh, with the cells. How do you think they just like, did they cheat to do that? No, or? so what Conway's Game of Life, people can sort of reverse engineer. They can start with a specific seed that gets them things. And so people have done all kinds of research into this okay. and come up with patterns that generate other specific patterns. So I am sure that somebody at Google spent a while figuring out how I mean, to spell Google. one thing to code it. In JS and then embedded on a Google page, but to make it actually spell words, it's awesome. That's, that's why so Google cool. is awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> um, so that was really fun to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that's about it for oh, yeah. the intro and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, although we there are another piece of network related news. I guess there's a couple new shows that are in development, possibly coming up soon. One of which is going to be on my Matt. I think. Um, you think? Yeah. Well, it's hard to tell. Hopefully, if he wants to do it, he will. Got any news on that? Uh, refer to the Nexus special. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Did um, we actually talk about it in the Nexus special? Yeah. Oh. So yeah. I think it's, I mean, I think it's I called Snap, and we'll see where that goes. Um, I thought you didn't want it to happen. I, I would prefer if you didn't cover the same topics that my show started, but that my show covers. But what if you skip a story? Then, you know, it's great if you cover it. So, like... So if I wait for you to do a show, whenever you do a show, I can just fill up with crap you didn't put in, like I can add spiders to it and sure. horses. 
Yeah. Well, okay. So spiders and horses are fair game. Sure. I'm happy. Okay. Um, and then there's also uh, a show, Dot Meta, which presumably is taking the place of Nexus Special. Did you guys talk about these? So no, we, we didn't, didn't talk. We didn't talk about Dot Meta that much because it's still really. in development. In development. Yeah. yeah. Well. So it might take the place of the current function of the Nexus special, talking about network things, doing right. the quarterly stats updates, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also Ted. So which... if one of us like are so- suddenly like go to CERN, go go up to the moon, or you know suddenly disappear for six months, uh, we would put that in dot meta. Right. Yeah. So, so like, updates on the hosts uh, and the networks right. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. If I suddenly um, have a heart attack. Right. Right. Or if Matt does, which is I, far I, more that's, likely. That's what I meant to say, but it, I meant, I said me. Yes. Yeah. I had my blood pressure taken two days ago, and it was fine. Really? I went to my local dentistry. That's Im- <laughs> they take your blood pressure? Apparently. Yes, I didn't know do. that. Mine don't. Well, mine did. It was uh, 127 over 66. Is that good? It's brilliant. Now, I think he might think high numbers are good. I don't know if yeah. that's No, true. that is a great number. Okay. Well, well, well I'm, I'm, it's I'm okay. Um, so the other one is... Uh, TED, which stands for the extra dimension. Um, hopefully, not gonna get in any copyright trouble. No, no, I mean it's an abbreviation. It's an abbreviation. That's fair, right? Yes, it is an abbreviation for the extra dimension, which uh, is gonna be it's kind of my way of replacing um, what I wanted the fringe to be. Right. So the fringe was originally Ryan's. The original idea of the fringe came from Ryan wanting to have a. Let's be honest. The original idea of the fringe is from the After Dark of Five of Five. Right. It came from you wanting to have an equivalent of the After Dark for our network. Yeah. So pre and post show banter. Right. Um, That's exactly what the description and, is. Right. And so I, I wanted a place where we could do stuff that didn't fit on any of the show, like right. the book review and stuff and the island thing that we did mm-hmm. on one of those episodes. Yeah. Um, I think that was the second one, right? Yeah. So the first Maybe three the first episodes one. were kind of what I thought the Fringe was going to be. And right. then it, it's turned into what it really was meant to be originally. And so I came up with Ted to sort of replace that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll be doing a book review and put it under that show yeah. soon. Um, so keep your ears open for that. Ears open. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, I just looked it up. Um, for a healthy male, um, you should have a blood pressure between 120 and 140. What what do you have? I have one twenty seven. Oh, that's impressive. Nice. And the second number? Uh, it should be between sixty and ninety. What do you have? I had sixty seven. Okay. Well, I'm, he's almost dead. Yeah. What? <laughs> My blood pressure is healthy. Do you know why? Do you know why? Do you know why? Cheerios. Oh, I thought he was gonna say cheese. Yeah. You eat a lot of Cheerios. That's good. No, I don't. Okay. But well, I look at a box daily. I'm serious. Every day <laughs> when I'm reaching for my marshmallow mateys, I see the Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is great. I think that we have discovered a new life extension technique. It's to die Look at and the marshmallows. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad that you are not at risk from high blood pressure. No, that's that's very good. I'm I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm, I'm also slightly surprised. Very fat and like very fat, but I seem to be doing healthy wise. Healthy wise. Um, my blood pressure or my um, resting heart rate's pretty low. Everything's good. Um. I'm not at risk of uh, leaving the network spontaneously. Good. Okay, good. But we will see if I make it through the week because um, I, I did acquire a car today and I am replacing one of the axles and some tie rod ends and doing some adjustment to the steering. And so it may die through a Wait, it accident. or you? Both. Well, I'll be oh. in the, well, I have to test it at highway speeds, but I don't want to go on the highway, so I'll be doing it on Pierce Butler. Oh, I was going to say go to the fairgrounds. Watch out okay. for tickets. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Dude, I won't get a ticket. I'm going to do this at night. <laughs> okay. I think, well, you know, good the cops then. will be sleeping. Hey, you know, we got flashed that one day by um, the cops. 
Speaking of being flashed, I, I picked up the host for the show at his uh, local house, and um, I um, drove up, pulled up, I got out of the car. As I'm getting out of the car, I'm getting shined. I'm like, oh, somebody's headlights. No, that's not headlights. That's a spotlight. Cops are shining me. So, like, okay, so I, I start walking I happen to, his to house. live in a, in a college neighborhood, kind of, and... Uh, Pull a crack out of some thugs! Seeing as I was a Saturday night, there were a number of cops around the neighborhood, which isn't that And is it really a college neighborhood? Is that, is that really what it's really? Yeah, yes? okay. most of the houses are rentals for oh, students. Okay. Didn't know it's that. like next to Dinkytown. I don't yeah. think of that cheaper. area. I don't think of that area as anywhere near Dinkytown. Several what times is. over the summer, okay. we had police circle this area on horseback. Without spotlights. Really? Yes. Nice. Where was I? Sleeping. I don't know. Oh, okay. You ever out during the day? Yeah, you're right. See, our cops are only out at <laughs> night, and they're on horses. And I don't think the horse can go after my half-spinning-out car. Okay. Up your well, that is well and good, and I hope you survive the week, then. Um, yeah. So, speaking of surviving, uh, apparently, <laughs> we, we had a bit of a close call on the... What was that? The... I don't remember what it was. 15th on Friday? Uh, it seems like it was recent. I guess it was, I guess the 14th, um, there was a, a small meteor <laughs> impact in Russia. Um, it was the Chelyabinsk meteor, and named after the Chelyabinsk region of Russia. I'm not sure exactly where that is, but I believe it's near the Ural Mountains, so like the border with old Ukraine. Um, and there was a, a large fireball, and the meteor broke up in the atmosphere, and a number of meteorites things whatever hit the ground um so that was uh pretty interesting considering the fact that it happened i think that i think it was the 14th so that would have been the day before the close approach of asteroid 2012 da14 which was an asteroid i don't recall exactly how large but it was about the size the size of the one that uh people think scientists think created the Tunguska Crater, which was like the 1908 um, impact that leveled like 2,000 square kilometers of forest in the, uh, what's it called? The Amazon? No, No, it's in Russia. The Russian, it's like near, it's a east coast of Siberia, the Kaz, I'm not familiar with the K, some K peninsula, I don't know. Anyway, um, big crater there. Some impact event in 1908, I think. Yep, um, 1908. So astronomers think that that was about the size of this DA-14, which came within geosynchronous orbit um, on Friday. Uh, and so this has raised some well, or some <laughs> needed sort of public attention to uh, the lack of spending in the space program, essentially. <laughs> Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's tweet stream has been excellent in the past couple of days, talking about how we would all be dead if this asteroid were within another 14,000 miles, which, considering the scale, you know, right. nothing. So, uh, good stuff. I think it's a good discussion to be having. It's kind of sad that it has to come to, oh, we almost died as a race. No, but I think that has to happen. Yeah, no, it does, but it's sad that it does. Yeah, Because I'm okay I, I wish that, you know, exploration and stuff We're not was proactive. No, I wish we were. As a, as a race game of but, life man yeah so that was interesting and then apparently there was a another fireball in san francisco and so this there was like this trio of events all of which were unrelated apparently so there's a meteor in san francisco in russia and, and one in space right and there was this asteroid in space um so the difference between asteroid meteor yeah. well, whatever you know what is I mean. yeah so asteroid and then once it hits 
Earth's atmosphere is a meteor. Once it hits the ground, it's a meteorite. Right. I think. I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. So, so this sort of like triple event, hopefully, will get to, uh, this issue in the public discussion it more. Won't. I hope so. I mean, it's 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 kind of funny that it landed in Russia. Well, it didn't land, but. Yeah. Well, there's one in San Francisco. Right. It was a little sm- smaller, but but, yeah. but it's funny because I never heard about the San Francisco one at all. Well, it was smaller. It was a lot smaller, like, and there wasn't so a lot of like people that saw it. No, but the so the one in Russia was a big fireball and it exploded right. and blew out a ton of windows because of the high altitude explosion, mm-hmm. and and then it did drop meteorite like fragments um, across the landscape. So that was a, a much larger event than the one in San Francisco, which was. A meteor, but I think it completely broke up in the atmosphere, and it was a, a much smaller object. Okay. Um, and there was far... It, it didn't do, like, damage to anything. It was just visible um, in the sky, and it was at night. So, kind of like a regular meteor, more so than this large, visible event during the daytime in Russia. Yeah, it was brighter than the sun in the videos. Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, some great footage um, from those weird Russian car cams. Well, and it happened at night. Mm-hmm. So... So yeah, that's that's interesting. You can find some great footage on uh, the link in the show notes. Yep. Which is really just a Google search for and it's, you've been and it's now simplified. If you look at the link, I fixed it to longer no longer be like two thousand characters. Oh. Okay. Well, you should you should put the name. Well, whatever. Okay. So anyway, that happened. Uh, big deal. Hopefully, kickstarts some good public discussion of the lack of funding in our space program and stuff like that. Um, and speaking of space programs, uh, recently. The Google, the big Google, had their uh, Sulfur X thing, which, did you guys talk about this at all no. on ATN? No, no. So Sulfur X is like an annual TED-like conference, sort of like the original TED that happened that happens in California, um, where Google gets a bunch of people with what they call moonshot ideas, which are, you know, big, kind of expensive or whatever radical ideas to solve big problems. And they have them present it uh, to a small audience, kind of like Ted. Um, and they had, you know, they've got all kinds of, they've got people in software, they've got people in biology, they've got people in epidemiology, they've got people in all kinds of stuff. And one of the people at these conferences that was presenting was uh, Peter Diamandis, who is literally. one of the big names at, what? Literally. Yeah, he says literally a lot. If you watch the video, <laughs> you'll notice. Um He's one of the heads at Planetary Resources, who we have mentioned before on the yeah, show. Yeah, a few times. Um, which is the sort of the asteroid mining company. And so him and Eric Anderson, who I think is one of the head engineering guys at the... And maybe financial, I can't really tell from the video. Um, at Planetary Resources, gave a presentation on their progress and their goals and uh, some stuff like that. And they made mention of the upcoming near approach of this of DA-14, the asteroid... Um, and made some mention on that, but they also presented sort of what they've been doing and stuff. And it's really, really amazing. So they have, uh, a couple goals and a couple steps that they presented, um, which are sort of best represented by their sort of three step approach to asteroid mining, which relies on their ARCID satellites, which are, um, so they, they've got three different series sort of so i think the arcid 100 series is their single um sort of single satellite it operates 
on its own searching for potential asteroids to mine, sort of prospecting, I guess. And there's the ARCID-200 series, which goes and analyzes the composition and such of the asteroid. Um, and then there's ARCID-300 series, which if the... I, th- I think that's how it works. You might have to watch the video. I forget. Um, if the ARCID-200 series has identified a good candidate, the ARCID-300 series goes in and gets an ultra-detailed map of the surface of the asteroid, hopefully some material composition data, stuff like that. And the technology that they're putting in these is really, really amazing. Um, they, they've they got the current um, max resolution, like, you know, Earth imaging satellites mm-hmm. beat by magnitudes of, like, greater than 10. That's pretty good. It's, it's amazing. And so they gave an example of comparison as far as, like, resolution to Landsat 7. So Landsat is a NASA initiative to get continual imaging data on the whole Earth so so that they can keep track of climate change mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and so far, um, they have not had any holes in their data. They just launched Landsat 8 uh, earlier in the week, I think. Um, and their launch was successful. It wasn't delayed. Nothing blew up, so that's great. Now Landsat 8 and Landsat 7, Landsat 7 are operating synchronously. There will be no hole when Landsat 7 comes down later this year. And... Uh, which is all great and good. Um, well, actually, I don't know if Landsat 7 is coming down or if there's just something is failing, so they needed to get this one up to replace it on time. Um, that happens. Yeah. And so, so Planetary Resources compared their imaging to Landsat 7's imaging, and it was, like, way better, higher resolution, way cheaper. Their satellites are, like, $4 million a piece or something. It's like, beats the multi-billion dollar price tag or something. I, maybe it wasn't that much, but, you know. Really, really cool stuff. So I was just reading the solution box on the video page, and it says near-Earth asteroids contain literally trillions of dollars worth of resources and materials. Yeah, I think he admits that he says literally a lot. I think that's really funny, because if he really put that there, that's really quite quite good. But uh, So even if it does cost billions of dollars to actually mine asteroids, there are potentially trillions of dollars. Yeah, so of... they gave one example of one of these types of asteroids that they're interested in, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I can't even remember where they're, there's like a carbonaceous chondrite, yeah. which has and like alum. water and stuff, and then there's some that has a lot of these precious metals. And, and I want the an... precious metals Right, one. and so they gave an example of a single 500 yeah. meter asteroid mm-hmm. that contains more than the total amount of platinum mined in the history of platinum mining on earth right in a single asteroid of which there are over 2500 orbiting the earth right that's ridiculous isn't it and so he made he made a great joke which nobody laughed at in the audience i, don't I know thought why. was kind of sad yeah but he made a great joke about um how they were since bringing all this platinum back was gonna you know like yeah turn the micro prices down they were gonna put puts against all the mm-hmm. against platinum and then announce their mission and then right make a bunch of money off of it yeah to, to fund the mission itself so that, was, that was a great <laughs> I, joke I I don't I can't believe nobody laughed yeah <laughs> even I um, caught it yeah so I don't know so that was good but it's definitely a good thing to watch and even even if you don't watch it just to re- at least read the stuff about it because it's pretty good yeah no so and it's and it's amazing what they're doing and the technology they're they're putting on these tiny I mean literally and stuff. Literally. Uh, so, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, Literally. Very fun. And in another sort of big, uh, I don't know, sort of commercial space program announcement, um, there's this company called Golden Spike, who I think we've talked about before on the show. Um, Golden Spike, obviously, coming from the Transcontinental Railroad. 
uh, but they're a, a company promoting lunar exploration. I think their goal, uh, they're, as a company, they want to put people on the moon. So they're kind of like SpaceX, kind of like planetary resources, but instead of manning asteroids or providing commercial solutions for NASA and stuff like that, they want to put people on the moon using their own rockets, using their own modules and stuff and such stuff like that. Um, an interesting company, an interesting goal. Uh, I won't go into too much detail about my opinion of the company. However, they did recently start this crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo. So those of you familiar with Kickstarter and stuff should probably know what Indiegogo is. Or if you don't know what it is, it's like Kickstarter. Uh, and so they've started a crowdfunding campaign to... Honestly, I, I can't really tell what they're doing with the crowdfunding campaign and I, I don't. I'm not really sure because I don't know if 240,000 is really enough to go to the moon. They're no, it's not. Okay, and so good. they're not funding their project. They're funding further funding, I believe, with okay. this Kickstarter so or that's with what this Indiegogo. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's a weird thing. I don't particularly like Golden Spike. They're really weird. If you watch like their video, their announcement video on this page, it's like kind of bad, and they're kind of. I don't really like what they're doing. So can I tell you what I think when I see the video? I didn't watch the video yet, but when you were here recently, like a couple months ago, recently, um, you showed me a video about this astronaut exploding his little, you know, astronaut capsule when he was crash landing into a planet. And I can just see the same thing happening here. And he just keeps falling and falling and oh. falling hundreds of times. And it's like, that was science is- fiction. I know, but I mean, the video looks identical when you don't oh. play it. Yeah, right. Um, I'm just saying. Well, so anyway, they started this like three days ago or something. So far, they've got like $3,000 going pretty slow. I don't not know. surprised because the whole thing is kind of stupid. Well, it doesn't, it's not clear what's going on here. Right. And so if you read down, it becomes less clear, really. I, it's, um, yeah. It's, it's like they're asking people to fund them funding more and they're offering terrible uh, rewards. It's like you can pay $10 to get... A letter from us. Well, if you pay fifty thousand, you get to get everything above plus an all expenses paid trip for two to the right. first Golden Spike space so you, mission launch. None of these allow you to participate no. in any other way than saying you have participated and watching other people participate. And well, it's, right, it's really it's kind of ridiculous, and it pisses well, what me do you off. Do? A little like bit. right on the spaceship? No, but I think that they're. I don't know. It's it's weird. I think it's weird. The whole yeah, crowdfunding I, I agree. crowdfunding thing is well for know. this anyway. Yeah, yeah, for this and and it's not it in itself isn't that weird. But Golden Spike as a company has done some things that are kind of shady, and it's it's not a particularly professional looking company in the same way that SpaceX and mm-hmm. Planetary Resources are. Oh man, they're so professional looking. Yeah, they do a good job with branding. They're amazing and. Uh, so it's it's a little weird, you know. If you go to their crowdfunding pain and campaign, I don't even like their name. No, it's not. I don't think it's very it's good. Not and spacey. No, I mean, you know, railroad to the moon. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a illusion. It's but kind of a hard sell there. They're and I don't know. It's just weird. If you go to their website, you can't find anything about the crowdfunding. You can't find anything in their news. It's like it's a terrible it, website. Yeah, too. I agree. I'm there. Um. Yeah, impossible to find. I was looking. Yeah, uh, impossible to find stuff. So anyway, not particularly a fan of that. Um, but so yeah, I think that's uh, it's 
about it for the sort of big events that have happened recently in the the space front. So when you on on the Golden Spike website, if you click on get involved, because that's where you'd assume the campaign right. for the Indiegogo would be right. So they haven't updated their website in like three so, days so, since they made a huge deal. So, but it's their... funny because when you go to the get involved page, it says in 2013, Golden Spike will begin an exciting public participation effort. Right. Stay tuned. And this is the beginning of that. And they haven't updated their website to reflect that they've started their Indiegogo. I'm even campaign. better than that. I know. And and it's like their Twitter feed. I follow their Twitter feed, and honestly, it's annoying. Mm. Shameless self promotion. It's like, hey, look, these people wrote an article about us. Aren't we great? Hey, look, these other people wrote an article about us. It's like I don't care. I know what you're doing. All of these articles are literally summing up, literally summing up what you are doing. Um, that's so funny. So anyway, I'm yeah. not a fan. I, I can tell, then that's okay. So it looks like somebody has added uh, a uh, thing to my show notes. Where? This. Is that you, Matt? Um, yes. Oh, is that something? So you want to oh. bring this up? Um, well, seeing how you are an employee of uh, this company called CERN, I thought it might be kind of fun. So I clicked on your link, Matt, and I didn't really get anything. Really? So You're right. Yeah, I'm going to try again and a little bit harder next time. What on earth happened to that? But man, this place has I like good... the first headline. Though. This one? Second asteroid mining company wants uh, to build a defense system as yeah. well. The last yeah. L at the end of the URL and hit enter. <sighs> Impressive. Um, so... Sorry about that. that. That L throws everything out of portion. Um, but so, do you know, uh, CERN, like, um, three years ago or so, they turned on their big LHC, um, thing, and, uh, they found the Higgs boson six months ago, and, uh, they've been doing a lot of testing and doing a lot of stuff, and now they want to do it better, and to do that, they need an upgrade, and to do that, they gotta shut down for another two years. Yeah, so, uh, this has actually been the initial plan all along was to do an initial run of about three years, which they have done, and it will complete, uh, maybe it already shut down, or they will shut down in the next 13th. couple of weeks? They shut down, they started, it, it takes a few days to shut down, and they started right. on the 13th, so okay. it, it should be down by now. So, they Doesn't are... it take, like, weeks to get the things warmed up, though? Yeah. Well, that's for startup. Next well, time. Cool down. Yeah, warm for, up. Cool, for warm up and cool down, yeah, it's a, bi- it's a big process. Right. Um... So, yeah, so the initial run of three years completed, and they got a bunch of data. And so over the next two years, they will be upgrading equipment, um, installing new sensors, I believe, and doing things like that, maintenance and stuff. Um, well, at the same time, they analyze all of the data that they've been collecting. Uh, I wonder if they have any, like, um, like SETI at home kind of style, like, you know, distributed. I'm not sure. Things. I would be interested to, yeah, to see. I would that. definitely donate I wouldn't some be, time. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't but know what it would look we'll for, see. but that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's an interesting article that maybe I'll get you guys to talk about on your next show about um, the... Send me a link. Yeah, I will. With um, the feedback button. About about CERN and the LHC's uh, big data problems, mm-hmm. IT, uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of a big deal. And uh, that's that's why I think on this, when I, I've talked about my possible summer trip to, to CERN... Um, I mentioned that I wouldn't be there while the laser's running. Um, so if I get to go there and do any work, it would be equipment installation and or boring. I think it'd be pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, watch out for mind control. You, you know, that, that's again fiction. Well, you, you can't be too careful. Tinfoil hat, you'll be the best employee. Yeah, you might actually do. You might actually wear a hat when you're there. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So that is that. 
as far as other things that would be fun to talk about, um, I found, I, can't, I think it was on XKCD, uh, there was a comic and he talked about using this tool written by a guy, Ria, something Ria's, I don't know, this, the website is. Um, and what you do is you enter a number and it calculates a an equation that approximates that number. And so you, so you say you put in 467.85 and you click submit. Wow. And it will give you a number of equations, the root of those equations, which is the approximately your number, the distance from your target and how accurate it is as well as the complexity of the equation. So how does it find the complexity? I'm not exactly sure. That's the one column I didn't understand. Yeah. I I feel like it's rated somehow based on what functions it includes. Okay. In, um so like the so I put in four hundred sixty seven point eight five. Um the first equation with the lowest complexity and the highest distance from the target was X equals pi times e to the five. So the root of that was about one and a half away from my target. And then the most complex equation that it offered, uh, or the the closest to the target equation that it offered, was x equals 6 times the square root of 5, all to the power of 1 over e plus 2. Um, so obviously quite complex, but also very close to the answer. So it's really cool. It's fun to mess around with. You know, you get cool information um, on the equations that it finds, and it gives you some cool equations for numbers. Like you put in your birthday, and it's like, oh. This is how you could approximate the date of your birth. It's kind of cool that you can represent numbers, essentially, you know, if you do the rounding, um, with such simple equations like 3 square root 2 to the power of 2 plus 1. It's just yeah. 19. That's pretty cool. I don't yeah. like math. It's too hard. You picked the same number I did. Come on. I'm a dark tower man. Yeah. I watch TV in the form but of a book. It kind of reminds me of your clock. Oh, yeah. I have a math clock. It's upstairs. Like all the hour hand, you know, numbers are. Yeah. Yeah, I like symbols. that. It's fun. Yeah. Um, but it ticks, so I couldn't have it in the studio. Mm. Mm-hmm. Unplug it, just hang it there. Eh. That's uh, what thermometers are for. So another cool thing, uh, there was a study done on SETI uh, and sort of their approach to searching for life in the universe. Uh, currently, SETI searches for radio signals in a very specific band, and it has been criticized by some people as being too narrow a criteria for finding intelligent life on other planets um, because to satisfy it, not only would they have to be alive at a specific time, mm-hmm. they would have to be broadcasting in a specific way at a specific wavelength and at a specific direction towards right. us. Um, and so it's been criticized as being not the best method of searching for life, uh, intelligent life in other systems. Um, so, some people have recommended a Dysonian approach. So we've talked about George Dyson oh, yeah. and Dyson uh, Dyson spheres. We talked about it in Dyson array. Yeah, yeah, in terms of the Kardashev civilization mm-hmm. scale, stuff like that. Many times, um, love it. We go back to it every week. Yeah. So 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 a study has been done saying that you know maybe a better, more efficient way for study to search for life would be to search for signs of things like a Dyson sphere. Um, and things like that in these other systems. How do you search for signs of that? That's a good question because a full Dyson sphere would block out all the yeah, light from a star. So maybe for. you search for a gravitational effect and then look for a missing light. Yeah. I'm not sure. I didn't read the study. It's funny that it's in the show. Um, I mean, I don't well, blame you, really. Yeah, it's not, not anything new. But anyway, so it's it's interesting um, that that study is 
is thinking about taking this different approach. Why is it to my card? I don't want to read for $5. Oh, but that's probably why I didn't read it. Oh, well, okay then. Cost money. Cool. Um, yeah. Oh, hey, I my, don't, uh, I don't like that. My page. But I bet we can con it out of the U. Oh, that's a good, yeah. Oh, okay. So like Harvard's. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying, like, if we really wanted it, you can ask the library at the U and they'll try to get it for you. I might do that. Yeah. I'd definitely read it if you got it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Listeners, go to college, read things. There you go. Yeah. Download in bulk. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, what's his name? Aaron Schwartz. Downloading... Yeah, Aaron Schwartz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except for the last thing he did. Yeah, that part. No, his do that. Action. Just don't get caught. Doing well, the last <laughs> thing he did is could only be done once. No. Do it and don't get caught. It was a great, it was a good idea. What was the last thing he did? Oh, okay. Yes! So that is <laughs> you not can only what do I, that once! That's not what I was talking about. I was talking about the last thing he did before he got arrested. Or, you know. But Obviously, this, that's, that's not what I was talking about. Okay. Kids these days. Anyway, go download JSTOR articles. Don't shoot yourself. Is that anyway. what he actually did? No, hung. Okay, so it's not. Yeah. Moving along. Oh, yes. um, also, we were talking about SETI, and so I had me- and mentioned earlier about, about LHC, if they had any, like... Distributed computing like, like projects, at home or like at SETI home. at home, yeah. and so I put a link in to SETI at home because I run it on one computer here, but I could run it on multiple, so it helps them sort through the data because you know there's a bulk amount of data mm-hmm. coming from just if... one direction from one receiver. Imagine if they were you know gathering from many sources. Yeah, yeah. So uh, cool thing to do. Yeah. So uh, there's also an interesting talk that uh, the AAAS. I'm not sure if they say AAAS or AAAS. Well, um, it's not like your two-string function, is it? No, it's uh, the American Association of Amateur Scientists, I think. And something like that. It might not be amateur, it might be something else. But anyway, they give an interesting talk about sort of the future direction that physics will be heading in now that, you know, the LHC found uh, fairly positive signs of the existence of the Higgs boson, stuff like that. Uh, pretty interesting. If you're interested in that kind of stuff, go watch the watch the Hangout. But they did. It's pretty good. Um, so that's about it. Uh, if you're interested in keeping an eye out for things, um, maybe we'll do another show before this. But on March 1st, uh, SpaceX will perform its second sort of cargo or delivery mission to the International Space Station. Um, the previous one was in October, I think, of last year. Uh, so it'll be the second commercial and the second one done by SpaceX uh, using the Falcon 9 and, you know, delivering things. That'll be interesting to keep an eye out for. But beyond that, I'm tired. It is 5 a.m. Well, it turns out. Yeah. Well, I think we have something to finish up here with, right? Or do, you, do you know what this is? Some sort of video about space. Oh, come on. That's it? What? Oh. So, a while ago we played this video called Neon Pegasus, which I hope you all enjoyed. Um, done by Perry Grip. This is another one of his videos. A little bit more appropriate. Well, I don't know. It's called Space Unicorn instead of Neon Pegasus. So, space. I don't know. I like Pegasus better. Yeah. I mean, I like the video and the sound for Pegasus better, but...
Wasn't that fun? It's kind of weird. So he delivers packages all around the world, but he has to go through space. To yeah, do it. I was wondering about that. It delivers rainbows. Yeah, but all around the world. But he's a space pony. Wait, what was this about? Space unicorn. Pony. No, I don't know. Yeah, it's unicornish. Yeah, looked like a pony. Anyway. Well, before, you know, I would normally ask you, where can we find you on the internet? And you just say Twitter, but now... I can say samieberts.com, which has links to my Twitter, my blog, my GitHub. Which actually does have some stuff on it. It does. Uh, and something else, but I can't remember. Well, and all of your new oh, and the automated... Oh, and it has links to my little projects when I put them up there. Yeah, so it's actually really cool. So yeah. you should definitely go and to the website. And it's not terrible looking, if I do say no, so no, myself. I, you should. Um... So yeah, you can find me there and all the other places that it links to. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Good. And, and how about you? You can find me at MatthewPetrel.com. You can find me at Matt underscore Petrel at the Twitter. And you can also find me everywhere to do with my name. Well, that's pretty reasonable. Where, where else is that? When you find it, let me know. Okay, yeah, that's a good, good choice. And of course, you can find me, Ryan Rampersad, just about anywhere, but especially on the Twitter, Ryanamar. And of course, on my blog, which is on my website, RyanRampersad.com. I do occasionally blog there. Occasionally. So when yeah. are you doing the show again? Soon, I hope. I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll see. Thanks for doing the show. It's been months. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Have a good one.